Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the War Report. Huge news dump. I mean, we're recording this Thursday evening. Uh, what is it? Eight fifty-two. A lot of news to drop that is not wrestling related. But uh, of course, I am your host, Marjani, and I'm joined by my man Cyrus. How are you living, you? Cyrus? How are you feeling? Uh, I just had a shakaroni. Uh, so you know, I'm feeling good, bro. And who, you know, uh, watching NXT um, live, and you can't skip the commercials, and they play like six chacaroni ads. Just gotta bite the bullet, bro, and just order a chacaroni. It's like the uh, subliminal messaging, right? You like, you see it enough, and you're just like, all right, man, I gotta, I gotta get one. Yeah, and I, I was hungry, so I was just like, all right, y'all got me, bro. Uh, I'll, I'll order a chacaroni, bro. Oh man, <laughs> when did okay? So I'm trying to think. When do we? I usually watch NXT first, and then I watch AEW yeah. because I think it's funnier to watch the fight TV uh, feeds of it because there's a lot of stuff that you don't see during the commercial breaks. So if they mm-hmm. mess yeah. up and things like that, like if they if commentary says like small stuff, like you'll catch Jr. on a hot mic. It's funnier that way. Yeah, um, I remember oh, way back I was um, recommending that everybody just watch it on Fight TV. I think Fight TV is uh, the better version of it, honestly. And yeah, you do get the JR hot mic uh, whenever they go into intermission. <laughs> they just keep the mics on for some reason, and it's just like, please turn those off. And I remember when I was in Miami, and there was like intermission, um Moxley would come out and do, well, no, Moxley, will, uh, somebody would come out and just do like promos and stuff or just like come out and talk. So, yeah, it, it's cool to see that stuff. Big show this week. We got a lot to get to. Uh, man, we might as well jump into In the Trenches. So, allegedly, I had a birthday on Sunday. And I was already <laughs> down because of what happened Saturday. So, mm-hmm. New Japan is back full swing. We got the New Japan Cup final. And Evil finally did his turn and he joined. Okay, first off, let me back up a little bit. The Evil Okada finale, because I know you watched it, like, it was super overbooked. And that was kind of, of the theme that was going, that would go on between, you know, the whole weekend. Evil joined the Bullet Club. So I wake up, check my phone. Of course, I had happy birthday messages. I was like, oh, today's going to be a good day. You know what I'm saying? Like, new new year, everything like that. Wake up is around 5, 6-ish a.m. Because I get up, you know, stretch, do, do a workout. Yeah. You, know what I mean? you know what I mean? New year, new you, right? So. <laughs> Not me, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I turn on. New Japan, because I, I just remember, you know, the minions on. Turn it on. Evil's holding up the Intercontinental and World Championships. And I'm like, what? And Naito, of course, is just laying, laid out. I'm like, oh, no, not again. Maybe I'm, like, sleeping. Maybe I'm just too sleepy. There's got to be some explanation. And then, like, Dick Togo comes back. I'm like, they did not, Ghetto did not do this to Naito again. So, I waited till the replay and watched the entire match to make sure, like, my senses were not deceiving me. And damn sure enough, Evil is your new double champ. He actually pulled the trigger on this. And I was, Naito is my favorite wrestler. Yeah, mine too. So, I watched it live. And... When New Japan announces that they were coming back, I was already not excited for a lot of the matches that they're like putting together, and that I was excited to see Evil triumph over Sonata, so we don't get another Sonata and Okada match. I and it was really cool to see. <laughs> and it was really we don't want yeah. Sonata. We don't want. We do not like. I like Sonata, but like I'm gonna agree with people when they say we don't want to see a Sonata and Okada match because a lot of those matches aren't good. They're just not. And I was excited for Evil to come out on top. You know, Evil is 
he just never really got that shot while Sonata got four of them already, you know? So I don't really want to see it. I was really excited. And then I saw the turn and I was just like, you're joining Bullet Club. And I was just like, this is ass. This is ass. This is ass. This is awful. And I know people are trying to make sense of it. Oh, Jay White uh, and Kenta, they're both in a, stuck in America, blah, 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 this and that. And it's just, I just, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Uh, this is it. And there's just nothing that like what provoked the turn? Like were, were there any seeds planted for this? Cause it, for me, if the seeds were planted and then he turned, then like fine. And I know like during the whole COVID period, like that might have gotten lost and like uh, lost at some point and nobody really remembers. But if they planted the seeds for the turn, I would have liked to turn probably like a lot more. It would be like, well, he was teasing. They were teasing it before and now they pulled the trigger. So like, yeah, it's cool. But like, I don't recall them like planting any seeds. So it just seemed like really like sudden and desperate to me. Well, and I I would say that they were like throughout the whole new Japan cup, they were kind of like hinting that evil, like doing a lot of underhanded stuff. And then there was this whole thing. But is LIJ not a heel faction? That see, that's another question that I had too. Is I'm like, isn't you know, Los Angeles uh, aren't they like? Well, they're kind of like the cool guys. Like they're the you know what I mean. Like I, I yeah, it's okay. So ghetto booking. I just I'm wondering what Naito did to him. I'm wondering what <laughs> Naito like said something in the back that was wrong. Or they just have like this long-standing feud because if you remember at Wrestle Kingdom, Naito finally gets his moment—the moment that I still think is two years too late. But mm-hmm. he has his moment. Double first double champion ever. Kenta comes and just lays waste to him yeah, and does and the put, pose and puts and, it, and puts his balls on his chest. Like, come on, son! Like, for real? Like, this is. Trust me, when I was up at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, when I saw that shit at Wrestle Kingdom, I was not happy about that. And man, it 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 is jokes for you know we want to see Naito in the WWE or you know let Naito throw in the uh, the tracksuit. Honestly, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, bro. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to set myself up for failure or you know really support. Uh, you know, going full on supporter for this. Uh, all my love for Naito right now has been transferred on to uh, Shingo. And best believe when I was watching New Japan Cup and I saw Sho getting mad offense on Shingo and then beat him, best believe I had my eyebrows raised and a knife in my hand. <laughs> I, I, I do not like a lot of the New Japan booking here. And whatever they do with evil, whatever. However, Naito feels about it. Who really cares? Uh, the match wasn't great anyway, and it's it's standard Bullet Club crap. Where Bullet Club is all it, this happened exact? This happened at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, the problem. Okay, the problem I had with this specific match with Evil and Naito was the end, and I, I kind of gave you the rundown like before you watched it. Like, so mm-hmm. Jado is coming down with a kendo stick. He's too slow to get there. So Ishimori has to run down. He sets up to yeah, get offense so on Naito. Stupid. He hits Naito with the offense. Does that enough to hold him up. And Jeto still hasn't gotten to the ring. He's still walking with the it's, tender stick. It, and, it, and it's just slow garbage. And I was live tweeting it because I was like up. I mean, you know, I was just like, I'll watch it. Why not? And then... Red Shoes is doing this whole thing where he's just like, Bullet Club, all of you guys go to the back. I'm not starting the match until all you guys go into the back. And I was just like, you did this exact thing at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, I think for Jay White and uh, Kota Ibushi. And then they all just came out in the end anyway. Like, the ref- like the referee sh- uh, stuff is just so stupid. He did this like, the night before. He He literally watched the Bullet Club come down and help Evil the same way. He did it the night before and just was like, well, you know, they're, they're going to abide by the rules this time. There was that bullet club. Don't worry. Like, can we, can we be, can we be like a little more like honest? Like, don't, don't like, I I, like, honestly, I I feel like new Japan thinks I'm stupid whenever they do this. Like the, the, uh, the interference or just like the ref shit. Like it, it, it really bothers me. And then 
of course, everybody like it's a running trope that like Lij just never helps out Naito whenever he's getting jumped. One and I think guy the only, comes out to help him. Hiromu came out only, to help. Him. I think the only person that came out, or like the only time Lij came out to help out Naito, is when Jericho was beating his ass, and it wasn't till after Naito was already bloody they decided to come out. Some of the most unreliable people <laughs> in the world. Uh, so some fi- so like just some quick points before we move on to the shows. Uh, Tamatanga actually tweeted this out. So he tweeted the Bullet Club eras. So like from you had the rock and roll era, the phenomenal era, the elite era, the cutthroat era, mm-hmm. Jay White, and now he goes like the evil era. What's the common denominator? So for right now, Bullet Club is working depleted. So they don't have Jay White. They don't have. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, they don't have Kenta, uh, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. Chase Owens either because of travel issues. Now, I did read that Japan is, you know, for special exemptions, they are allowing travel down the road. So maybe they get over there. But one final point that I wanted to ask is what do you think is going to happen with the Bullet Club here? Are we going to have another war? Is it going to be Jay White versus Evil? Because now Evil is the presumptive leader of the Bullet Club again. Well, not again. This is the first. But I'm just saying, like, it seems yeah. like we're going and we're headed it, for yet another war. Evil definitely has, you know, he has to be the leader because he clearly has leverage over the two people, Kenta and uh, Jay White. So whatever civil war we get, one, we're doing this again. Don't care. Two, if Jay White is going to have Kenta and the, uh, the Samoan dudes on his side, I really don't care because those guys are like the epitome of jobbers. No way you can get me to really care about Bad Luck Fale and the Gorillas of Destiny. That, that, so, that's uh, another guy I, for, I forgot to mention. Bad Luck Fale is also within travel. He will come back too. He's an OG. It just yeah. seems like you could just split You could split these dudes. Like, uh Evil and Dick Togo and Kenta can kind of be their own group. And then you can keep the Bullet Club there. Whatever, like, if you're not on Evil's team, you're, like, the B team of NWO, which is, like, you know, the the common comparison. So if you're, you're not on the side with the double champion, then you're on the side with the jobbers. And more or less, you are. Bad Luck Fale, he only really gets, like, real runs whenever they, you know, just some throwaway feud or, you know, he really does well in a tournament. You can't get, and honestly, you can't get me to care about the Gorillas of Destiny, bro. They haven't had the tag titles in like forever. New Japan is kind of low on tag, on uh, tag teams too. That's uh, a problem that they got to solve. Definitely have to solve. They, they, well, they have to solve that in the juniors division, but that, that is a, a whole nother thing because the junior division also has a tag division and there's like no teams on there. Um, Especially with Yo getting hurt, and he's probably out for yeah, a year for tearing his ACL or MCL. That's a rough go, man. I tried to I, I tried to give New Japan that chance again. <laughs> I, I I I said my stuff on Twitter, and then I was just like, you know, I'm up. Let me get it, give it a fair shot. The only match that I enjoyed on on uh, the Dominion card was Shingo versus Show. I thought it was a much better match from their. New Japan Cup match. So one final thing, I saw a lot of people saying this, like Hiroki Goto, is he finally going to get a run with the title one? Are they going to throw him a bone? Are they going to throw Ishii no. a bone? No. Does he wear a Bullet Club shirt? No. <laughs> so Sagoku Lord is Saturday, is actually next Saturday. So notable matches there. You got Okada versus the Tokyo Pimp. Hiro Jesus. Oh, can we talk about that? Yeah, go ahead. Let's. Jump you know, in. every New Japan, every New Japan feud starts with like the person like pinning them in a non like like title contention or whatever thing. But so the Tokyo Pimp is going to be fighting Okada, but in that tag match at Dominion, Goto got pinned. <laughs> so it's just like Okada's like still a gold, like still like the golden child there. And it was just, you can't he can't lose. Yeah, you're trying to protect Okada, but you're also trying to elevate your Jiro. <laughs> like uh, hilarious. 
Ah, oh, man. And you also got another notable match. You got Shingo versus El Desperado, which I think is going to be pretty good. And of yeah, course, you got the heavyweight and intercontinental double double champ match, Evil versus Hiromu, which is going to be really, I think it's going to be really good. Like Hiromu. I don't course, know, man. I don't know, man, because you got Hiromu who's going to defend the honor of L L I J because Naito. I mean, maybe Naito, Bu- Bu- uh, Bushi, and Sonata—they're all hoes. Oh, Shingo too. Shingo, a hoe. Are they? Are they going to help? Are they going to help him out once Bullet Club comes out and then the whole match goes into garbage? Like, well, they're going to be there because they have a, a six-man tag match against Sho, Yoshihashi, and Goto. Bushi, Sonata, Jesus and Christ. Naito. So, <laughs> poor Naito, man. It's just, you know... No longer my goat, bro. It's not his fault. Uh, listen, they had... It, it's not... It's not? Wait, what, what, hey, man, he will have to do something about it. What, do you want him to, like, yoke up... Uh, <laughs> yes. Up ghetto in the back? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I need violence. <laughs> You want him to go full Brock Lesnar in the back and throw the title again? <laughs> you know? Yes, I need I need justice. I think it's bad because Naito's, you know, I guess his his best days in the ring are kind of behind him, especially with his yeah. his knees and everything. And we've been pushing for so long for him to get a run, and now he got one title for the defense this time, and now he's just uh, kind of like well again. Up. <laughs> yeah, again, and it's just yeah. like, all right, man. Like Naito being broken down while, like, when he had like all this downtime, it does make me really sad as well. Yeah. Uh, but I've I've seen Naito like Naito can still put on good matches even though he is slow. I'm ho- I'm hoping I'm hoping that you know New Japan kind of gets it together here and we could. Heat people up because they're going to need it going into, I guess... The rest of the year. <laughs> the rest of the year. I think they have Summer Struggle uh, starting in on the 27th, taking them all the way to August 16th. I'm not sure what's going on with the G1. Maybe they run that in the fall, hopefully. And you know what? Damn good to see some crowds back in wrestling. It was good to see like people there oh, yeah. at once. All right, uh, our last in the trenches thing. Let's talk a little bit about the Four Horsemen Woman anniversary, of course, because you know they started in NXT, and that's when I really got into NXT. Of course, we yeah. talked about Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. So, how do you on this anniversary and basically, you know, watching these four women grow into the superstars that they are now? Like, how do you feel basically seeing everything in this scope? Like I'm just I'm in awe. Yeah, I I would say that I'm in awe for like Becky just like soaring into new heights because I remember just way like before uh before SmackDown did the brand split, I was just like, Man, they ain't really doing much with Becky. And, you know, uh Bailey was out for a little bit in uh NXT and when she finally got the call up, everybody says that they didn't book her right, but you know, she got like mad title reigns uh, while while she was a face, and I think the only time the only time they really messed up was like with the Alexa Bliss thing. But if you remember that feud, man, <laughs> Alexa was beating that ass on the mic week to week. <laughs> man, they, so, didn't they just tweet the match out where she got beat up with the <laughs> yeah? Where they got beat up with the kendo stick. Yeah, man, uh, Alexa Bliss was vicious in there, bro. But it, it, it's amazing to see uh, the growth, like. I remember somebody recommending me that I watch Sasha Bailey at Brooklyn, and ever since then, I was I was back in. Bro, I mean Sasha and Bailey, the Iron Man or the Iron Woman match, amazing. That, that like, match hard. <laughs> like that's one of my favorite matches of all time. I think that Charlotte's first reign when she beat Natalia, and then like to see what she's become, and oh, yeah. Becky like. Everybody thought that Becky was going to be the odd person out, and now she's probably like one of the best wrestlers. She had one of the best runs in history. So, like, mm-hmm. this is just lightning in a bottle that you have all like these four wrestlers, 
and the fact that it's just kind of like the golden age of all of them hitting at the same time. Like, it, arguably, Bailey and Sasha are on their best main roster run right now. Or And you can argue that they're in contention for basically like co-wrestlers of the year, right? It's uh, Charlotte uh, taking some time off, some well-deserved time off, I'll say. Like, Becky going to be a mom. She'll be missed. But, like, I'll end up... I'll kind of end this with a question. Do you think that we will ever see this again? Like, do you think that there will be four uh, female wrestlers who that can make that impact? Like, you know, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. Oof. Uh, honestly, I can't, I can't even think who they can possibly like bring in or who, <laughs> who's in NXT that uh, can even recapture that kind of, you know, energy you know i'm gonna say no honestly no i think this is just kind of a once in a lifetime thing yeah i I don't think that you could do it again like like possibly not in like not in a not in this decade (laughs) like i'll say that at least but um damn no way no way bro because i'm thinking off the top of my head like even in nxt now like i love eo i love dakota i love tegan i just you know like even like the Biancas, the Ruby Riots, I I just it's it's hard. Yeah, you can't really compare the four, four horsemen, a four horsewoman, with anybody because it's just like they from the minute you know Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha debuted on Raw that night, you knew everything was going to change. Like when they came out and they beat the Bella Twins. Like, it was just like, uh-huh. oh, oh, like, something is different. Like, everything is about to change. And even when Bailey kind of held her own with those Oscar matches, I was like, all right, we're, de- we're dealing with different wrestlers here. They're about to change the paradigm <laughs> of women's wrestling. That and uh, Charlotte's, like, first title reign on the main roster. Like, that was a, a real moment to see. Insane. It's just like... I've, it, it, it ain't happening again, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I realistically realistically can't think of like anybody that can really capture that energy again or how would that be presented again you know because i think charlotte would put somebody on like she did for uh like she did for eo mia yim chelsea green so like we will always see like a nice passing of the torch like we're, we're gonna definitely see like some sort of like passing of the torch from the four horse women. So it won't be like women's wrestling is kind of like I I, won't, I, won't, I don't want to say at its lowest because uh, that that just seems very disrespectful to the Bella Twins and stuff like that. But just like at the period of time that they were in, so I think the four horse was the four horse women are going to always make sure that wrestling like women's wrestling is kind of like in a sort of like a really good spot. So like we won't really have a resurgence. So, like it'll only get better. Like there's no there's not going to be like a dip. Mm-hmm. In quality, so it's all up from here. Yeah, like that even I, I think <laughs> no, it, I think it makes totally sense because I think Becky, for lack of a better word, she's she's gonna be part time. I think she's gonna be uh-huh. a big part time wrestler. Charlotte's even kind of hinting at that, like she's gonna be more, like she's looking a little bit more outside of wrestling. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are on full time there with this big storyline, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, it's, I'll kind of say, like, it's kind of like when you remember when, like, The Rock and Stone Cold, they started to kind of taper off, and you're like, who's going to be the next people to take the torch? And then you have your John yeah. Cena's, and then when Cena left, like, it was like, all right, Roman Reigns is going to take the, the torch and stuff like that. Like, I think there's enough talent in the WWE where you can have that and, like, not have, yeah. maybe they're not the same. But you can, you're not going to have a gap where it's like, oh man, like, the, like you said, the quality it just dips. Yeah, like uh, I don't think uh, the women's wrestling on Raw is ever going to be in that like that era where just like women's wrestling was only getting like two minutes on the card. You know, oh no, that's never like that's never happening again. And we can really thank uh, you know the hashtag give divas a chance and you know the the women's revolution and all that so just under like the great circumstances that we're in now like i don't think this could be like really recreated no i don't think like you said like don't think that this will probably happen again shout out to the four horsewomen 
Uh, sorry to Shayna, <laughs> Ronda, uh, Jessamine, and oh man, they were never they were never a thing, bro. Like <laughs> this is like uh, when when AEW uh, where like people on Twitter keep posting pictures of like Cody, Sean Spears, and the Revival, and they're just like, can this be the new four horsewomen? Like. Look at the Ronda and crew, you call, in, uh, Shana you call, and Co. You like, them the four horsewomen. <laughs> I know like, you didn't cool. mean to do that, but that's hilarious. Oh, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you didn't mean that, but that's that but, is funny. But uh, is like you can't recreate that, bro. It's just you know what I mean. Like it's just once in a lifetime. You are the one individual that has tested my limits like no one else has. And so with that in mind, I figured the best way to represent these championships is by the thing I love, and that's competition. Perhaps the first challenger for these championships should be Dominic Dijakovic. Let's move on to the shows. Let's talk about NXT. How about Annie Hartwell getting her first win? Now she got it over Scotty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, I th- are you high on Indy? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm high on Indy. Uh, I think that match that she had with uh, with Tegan that was a little weird, like a, a few months back. <laughs> like I was really excited to see her, and I was just like, "Ooh, this match is kind of nasty, bro." But that, this was at the period of time where like Tegan was just like around. I feel like she should have been gone. Or just like you know, got a call up of some sort. This I, I think that this would be after Dakota basically beat her in that street fight. Mm-hmm. But nah, I, I thought this match was a lot better. Robert Stone kind of slithering around, scouting, so he's trying to pick up Indy. I mean, yikes! <laughs> but whatever gets her on the shows, bro. <laughs> I don't think that Indy. Well, it's not in her best interest to join the Robert Stone brand. I mean, whoa, it's very in her best interest in Robert. Hey, man, he's on TV every week. <laughs> there, you, you know what? You are right. He is constantly getting yoked up by Killian Dane, though, it seems, every single week now. that That's kind of a thing where they bump hey, into man. each other. And... <laughs> Killian Dane is just like, I want to get on the shows, bro. <laughs> I want to I get on TV, man. Speaking of which, uh, going into future matches, Killian Dane will be on the show next week because he's fighting Dexter Loomis. And Don't like this. No, <laughs> I'm not sure what they're doing with Killian here because I think he's going to take that L. And I'm I'm not sure what to really do with Dexter Loomis here because you know they hinted at the tag team thing with Dream and then you know the stuff that uh, people don't really like. The dream stuff, like, I'm pretty sure I don't really have to go and elaborate. But then uh, Dream got into a car crash recently as well. Or not recently, but, like, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So right now, I think they just, like, full halted. (laughs) I only remembered because I saw Dexter Loomis back on my screen, and I was just like, damn, you remember when they had that weird-ass vignette? (laughs) And then, like, Prince, uh, they had a Prince impersonator. (laughs) I legit forgot about Dream until you just mentioned it and then that popped in my head i'm like yo th- this guy really brought out like some prince dude to like impersonate him <laughs> don't let the prince of state see that <laughs> they were probably like calling uh kevin dunn or whatever standards and practices is just like hey listen yeah if i go on youtube later and i see that segment is gone <laughs> they made they the made call. the call bro. <laughs> they made the call but yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what they do with Dexter Loomis here, but he has to I don't know what they do, but a win is a win. So it can trickle down into something. But I'm not excited to see a Killian Dane match too much. Especially if it's gonna have Rob especially if it's gonna have Rob Stone Shannon. Does Killian Dane join the Robert Stone brand? <laughs> I think he's already in it. <laughs> oh man. So Keith Lee and Dijakovic, of course started their whole resumed their whole fight forever thing they fought for the what the double titles i don't think that this was their best match uh i think uh somebody hinted that like somebody talked to dijakovic and vince must have got to him and said hey man cut all that uh flippy stuff out oh yeah definitely i mean he should have stopped he should have been stopped doing that shit anyway honestly 
like I wasn't uh, a big fan of it. You're going to be on Raw soon, so uh, none of that stuff. Yeah, cut the, cut that shit. I mean, is that necessarily a bad thing that he's not like doing his high flying shit? Like, is that is that really bad? <laughs> I mean, I think it distinguishes him. Like, like I like that. If you keep it to a minimum, like I don't okay. want Dijakovic doing like swanton bombs through tables and like you know what I mean. Like I don't want him doing yeah. like you know. But just like uh, his, his topes or whatever, his topes is just Damian Priest does the same thing. So I think him like slowing down and probably like being more of like a power like why why isn't he like more of a power guy? <laughs> well, like you know, I mean. He he's doing the style that truly fits him, and I think it would be you know best for him in the future. So if it's Vince getting to him, then whatever. I, I wasn't too big of a fan of his high flying stuff anyway, especially when uh, Damian Priest was right there doing this, like doing the thing bar for bar. <laughs> Next week, Dajakovic is going to go against Carry On Cross. Obviously, Cross has got Lee in his hindsights. But you also, like you just said, you got Damian Priest, too. He beat Cameron Grimes. So it's like there is a logjam up for, oh, for Keith yeah. Lee. Like there is a lot of people fighting for both of those titles. Uh, not. I'm, I'm going to say I'm not a fan that uh, he put both titles on the line. Like why, why are we forgetting that, like, the thing is you have two titles, so, like, two matches like sort of the thing you know like why are we or why aren't we getting that like i thought it was so weird that like new japan wasn't doing it but you know new japan's weird in their own way but like don't maybe maybe this is like only the first time and you know uh dijak is his friend but two matches if, if we're gonna have a double champion i just think two matches should be the thing right like that's the challenge in the adversity that they face i just think that like you said, you just talked about New Japan. It seems like in wrestling, double champs are all the rage. Bailey. Yeah. Uh, and none of them. Lee, like, I think evil. Sasha, uh, Sasha and Bailey are the only people that are, like, defending both titles. You know? Yes. I'm, like, I, uh, individually or separately. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Keith Lee should defend them separately. You have so many contenders for these belts. Like, yeah. if you have say, a Dexter Loomis fight Keith Lee, you know, weeks down the road, because I think we're doing SummerSlam build. You can't just yeah. have, like, all right, Keith, all right, I'm putting both titles on the line tonight. There's too many people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and instead of, like, really, it kind of streamlines everybody into one place rather than having, the having like, two separate stories going on, you know? So I think a lot of the contenders... Or, like, the top contenders, like, I, I would say, like... Or, like, people that are, like, really t- on top of the card, like Finn Balor and uh, Gorgano, they're probably going to be doing their own thing now that Gorgano is going to make things right or whatever. I don't think uh, we've seen anything alluding to that on the show this week, now that I just remembered. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything about that this week. But, you know, there's too many people for him to be putting both titles on the line, basically. Yeah, separate those things, man. Uh, just to finish up... Io Shirai and Tegan Knox. I had this highly anticipated when they, <laughs> when they announced this. I think Tegan looked great. Shout out to to Molly, the Molly go round. Although I know that's like yeah, the Molly go round was hard. That was dope. Uh, it was Io's first title defense. I loved it. It showed Tegan. It showed we've seen what Tegan can do. But it really showed, yeah. like, it gave her, like, a marquee match. So if you do move her, I don't think they're going to move her to Raw or SmackDown right now. But oh, yeah. Especially with all, the, uh, with all the failed call-ups or just, like, uh, redacted call-ups uh, that got announced this week. Purgatory, we'll just say. Yeah. Uh, I love, yeah, I love Tegan in the spot. Like, if they wanted to run this back again, they may not. But if they wanted to, do it. So. Yeah, definitely. This was really good, and I loved the promos leading up to this where uh, Tegan was basically saying, like, this isn't a comeback story anymore. Like, I got to, like, prove that I I actually grew in some shape or form. Like, just because I got injured, like, I think, like, three years ago now, like, I'm not that person anymore. Like, I'm long past that. I really like that a lot. Uh, they, they, They did amazing work here. And, of course, Rhea tweeted out, she's like, she's done with Robert Stone and fighting. 
She's looking at <laughs> going after the title, finally. And at the end, Dakota gives a huge shoe right to Io's face. Like, it looked like she really kicked her. Yeah. Team kick, man. You already know what it is, man. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't always get it when you ask for it. But, you know, we're, we're going to get it now. I, w- I wish Dakota won that, uh, won, what, what was it, a triple threat? Or yeah. I am mean, a fatal four-way elimination fatal match. Yeah. In, in hindsight, it looks a little wonky now because you had the you had Dakota every time she won she's like I'm coming for that belt and then she had a chance yeah. to fight for the belt and she lost and then she gets like sidelined in uh, some shape or form now now I guess Dakota was just like man fuck wins and losses this ain't AEW I'm just gonna kick the bitch in the face and make her challenge me I like that a lot so for down she was the road, trying to do it, uh, she was trying to do it the fair way, but now nah, fuck all that. <laughs> for down the road, you got Dakota and EO. Uh, by the way, congratulations on Tegan for coming out. Like that, oh, that yeah. was brave. That's I'm happy for her. Uh, I wish she wasn't at Disney, but uh, shout outs to her for uh, for coming out and you know sharing her story. And she said that Sonya Deville like uh, gave her the confidence to really come out. So that's really cool as well. Uh, all of them supporting each other big fan of sony deville on the show too so like uh and i will say tegan did have and you know her partner they did have masks on at least at disney yeah but being at disney still an issue to me i'm sorry nah, well disney sorry. should be open, but that's a whole other like thing that yeah that's a whole d- different discussion like just because you have a mask on doesn't change that you're in a space like in a highly populated space you know <sighs> all right now since that I am the manager of Nyla Rose. I have a special message for the women's locker room. From this moment on, ladies, I am begging you to stop lying to yourselves of how great you are. As ever, we got to get to AEW. Fight for the Fallen happened. Oh, um, yikes. <laughs> So, all you right, know, okay, let me. Can they stop putting? Can we? Can we stop putting Jericho on commentary? Can like that stop? It makes the shows a lot harder to watch. I want to make. I want to find out where he gets these damn suits. Where he gets? Where does he? Who's <laughs> this tailor man? Like the, just this flower suit. Like what he looks. No No sweat, man. No sauce. Swagless. Old. <laughs> Fight for the fall and happen. Run through it really quick. How did we think Sonny Kiss did? Really, really great. I like uh, I like that match a lot. Don't I didn't really appreciate or really care for a lot of the storytelling that Cody was like you know presenting us with like she's like foreshadowing a heel turn, especially like when it happened, especially the fact that it happens to somebody else literally like later on on the show. Like they do it twice in one episode. Don't really care for it, but Sonny Kiss showed out, and I really like that a lot. I'm glad that they finally gave Sonny Kiss a, like. A platform to do that because you could see what he can really do uh yeah other than like being in these tag matches like that was nice uh like you kind of alluded to cody is I-, I wouldn't say that he's been trying to do it every single week there's been small things but arn anderson was not happy with cody and, and are... somebody looked really interested, uh, Tully Blanchard, because they kept doing camera cuts every five seconds. Uh, after Cody did some heel, like heelish stuff, they would like cut to Tully Blanchard, and it was just like, oh, okay, like stop that. <laughs> Four horsemen. <laughs> oh yeah, that this is definitely how we're gonna get our uh, our little Four Horsemen. Yeah, I don't find okay. Like if if. I think that Cody, personally, is a better heel. I think that he works better as a heel. Now, the Bullet Club stuff... Now, I will preface this saying that he was a better ROH heel. The Bullet Club stuff ran a little... Like, it was ran a little long in the tooth for me. But, and he has to freshen up his character. Like, this whole, like, fighting 80s baby face, like... AEW needs a shakeup. So if he wants to heel turn, I guess he's going to turn on Arn Anderson. I don't, I don't know what the payoff is going to be there because there can't be a match. Yeah. But maybe that will kind of be a new. Uh, now they can kind of, I guess, live up to this whole nightmare family moniker 
whatever they're doing. I will leave with this. Like, how do we feel about these open title defenses? So he's fought Jungle Boy, Mark Quinn, Ricky Starks, Jake Hager, and now Sonny Kiss. I think Sonny Kiss is probably going to be the only person that really benefits uh, in the future from this. Uh, this title match now th- uh, that they're going to be featured on the show more. But it, well, we haven't seen Apollo Crews a while on Raw, but I, I guess this just seems to be like the natural progression. Like uh, MVP says, like if you keep putting like challengers in your way, you're going to have to like really like deal with it, and like there's going to be some sort of fatigue. So now I guess that Cody is like constantly putting on these matches. He's trying to find shortcuts to like really end them quickly, and that's you know resorting to heelish tactics but um hey man he gets uh he gets ratings and he gets the important demos bro we'll so. get to, we'll get to the demo <laughs> god when we end once we end the show i'll say real quick there's got to be a payoff at some point there's got to be a payoff at all out or something like that where either cody loses the title and he turns heel because yeah. all it's just beating your young talent. Well, Jake Hager is not young talent. Let, let's put that out there. But like beating people like rookie yeah. Starks and like sh- giving them a showcase that will work for a while, and then people are like, "All right, what's what's the point here? Well, what are we going to do?" So you gotta let's yeah. let's do something like let's speed up this heel turn. Um, I'm I'm already like that towards uh, our AEW champion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that right after we get to possibly the old Kenny Omega coming back. Now, people have been talking about this all over Twitter and stuff. When are we going to see the New Japan Kenny Omega? When is he going to turn it on? Somebody on Reddit actually did a graphic uh, comparing the 2018 Kenny Omega to the uh, AW uh, version of Kenny Omega. Uh, real quick, he has a higher winner, winning percentage in singles in AEW. His tag team partner, Adam Page, 13-3 and three overall. Kota Ibushi, 11-9. So it looks like he's doing better in AEW <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I said this before. is because the level of competition in AEW isn't really up there. That's another that, – that's a good counterpoint. He's not fighting Tanahashi in AEW. He's not fighting – uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say like Minoru Suzuki or even Ju- you know Juice Robinson. Like, of course, Kenny Omega is going to beat. Uh, what was that jaw? Uh, that enhancement talent that he gave way too much offense to that uh, got really people people really upset. Alan like, Angels, he's he's a part of the Dark Order. Yeah. Oh, good for him, man. He's fighting, uh, <laughs> Hangman Page next week. Oh, cool. Uh, let, let, let's see Hangman Page really put him away co- way quicker than Kenny Omega. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever. So uh, he had a beer poured out on him by FTR. And then he that just, was green. That was green as hell. FTR ain't need to do that. <laughs> and then uh, he just beats up Marco Stunt. And it looks like on their site, they changed his nickname to The Cleaner. So... Uh. Maybe the cleaner is coming oh, back. I mean, I okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm okay with that because the cleaner really means nothing to me, honestly. I just but it's a it's a it's a much better moniker than best bout machine. So uh, I just think, listen, he's older now. You know what I mean? If you're looking for 2016, 2017, Kenny Omega to come back. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that he can turn it on when he wants, you know, when he wants to, but it's not going to be as frequent as people think. And like you just, like yeah. so you said, to like to echo your point, the AUW talent, while there are some good talent there, it's not like New Japan's talent. Let's be honest. Let's go ahead yeah. and just put, put that up. Brian Cage and Moxley. I know you wanted to talk about this. This is why I highlighted this when I wrote the, um, <laughs> on the rundown sheet. That ending. Moxley sucks. Okay, so well, I knew you weren't gonna like the match. I think that Brian Cage, listen, like the dude is for him being as big. I've said this before. He's really athletic. Moxley, this is his first match, and however, so he puts him in an uh, an arm bar because the story is because Brian Cage, you know, had uh, biceps uh, surgery. Taz throws in the towel. I. 
immediately scratched my head for this. And Taz tried to tweet out like he uh, an explanation. He's like, "If this was your fighter, wouldn't you do the same thing?" And you know, like if I you have to go, if you have to go on Twitter, explain it. <laughs> so I'm think I'm like thinking here. Okay, we mentioned last week he's got you know the FTW belt. So like this whole championship thing is kind of a mood point because it's like. All right, you already have a belt. So we already knew that like Brian Cage was going to lose. So Taz throwing in the towel, yes, you could be like, all right, he's protecting this fighter. But if you want Brian Cage to kind of like be this big badass, you had to throw in the towel for him. And not to forget, Cody had a, a towel like finish as well. It's like the <laughs> AEW loves towel finishes. It's it's one of the most '80s things ever, and I don't give a shit about the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, okay. A- anything else before we move on to Darby Allen? Like, if you want to say anything um, about the match, I think this uh, represents Brian Cage in a very poor way. I think there's many different finishes that they could have done here. If you wanted to keep Brian Cage as a badass. You would have just had him pass out and not tap, and maybe we can get like another match in the future. Um, they just gave him the FTW title, and now it's in AEW's canon because uh, he defended it on Dark this week. Now your FTW champion looks like a hoe. Moxley is not a good submission specialist, so that was very embarrassing. And then he survived. He survived the uh, the paradigm shift, and I think that really helped. But if if he just would have passed out, I think that would have worked a lot better in his favor. And once again, another new another new signee immediately pushed into a title match and then loses. And now they're kind of going to go into obscurity. Except this time, Brian Cage has something in his future uh, with Darby Allen, And that's not too bad because Darby Allen, uh, he, he, he's, a, he's a star in AEW. He's going to bump his ass off. Oh, yeah. Brian he's definitely going to bump his ass off. It's going to be a little scary. But he's gonna he's definitely gonna. If this was always yeah. the attended finish for this feud, Jesus Christ, what the hell? I think this like and this really does a disservice to uh, Brian Cage, honestly. And whatever really happens in this Darby Allen feud, do we see Brian Cage go back to uh, back towards the top or not? See, that's the you hinted at that in your comments is that they signed a lot of talent and they just kind of don't know what to do with them. I think that you're going to do, they're going to do Darby Allen versus Brian cage, obviously, but it seems like they were hinting at Darby Allen versus Moxley at the same, like just to kind of go back to your point, mm-hmm. like, you just threw away another guy, you know, it was like they protected him because he kicked out of the paradigm shift, but you didn't because you threw the towel in. So like, now it's like, Lars, Lance Archer, stupid. Brian Cage, uh, you know, like all these guys that you have kind of like roaming around, uh, Brody Lee. It's yeah, Brody, Brody Lee is nowhere to be seen. Lance Archer gets a win against Joey Janela and hasn't been seen in a minute. Well, in the last like, week. Oh, yeah, okay, in the last week, yeah. But this is so... Too many guys are hovering around, Why? like, too many signees that you have that you can't do anything with them because what are you going to start doing? Like, fighting for the FTW championship? That's going to be your third champion? Like, Yeah, is is your is your third champion going to be this loser that had to get the towel thrown in? And then, if and if wins, you know, going back to wins and losses, like, it's only really applied to whenever they want, like, some... BS feud to happen, like we see that with the women's division. Like uh, Brian Cage is defending his championship against this person that has zero wins and one loss, and he's uh, I think uh, flying flying Brian Pillman. Brian, yeah, Brian Pillman Jr. on on dark. What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Like I know. And also, with Moxley being gone and possibly like having, well, not even possibly, he has to be quarantined. So it's just like you kind of want to get that belt off of him so he can do that safely without sacrificing, you know, your main event scene. Well, he's back now. Like, he's out. It's just, what is your program? It still runs a risk. It's still a risk, you know? But, like, what is your program going to be going into All Out? Are you 
finally going to put the chips in with Darby Allen here and then like have him going against Moxley and then drop the belt that way? Or you're just going to have bring in people for Moxley just to kind of demolish? You know what I mean? Like it was great when he won it. And now the pandemic and everything kind of ruined plans. But at the same time, like now you, this is yet another guy that you bring in. You're running out of guys to bring in. You know what I mean? NWA. Yeah, and you haven't really built anybody up because they're either they either jobbed out to uh, they either did the job for Cody or they're doing the job for the elite in tag uh, in tag competitions. NWA is not going anywhere. Billy Corgan basically put the kibosh on that, so Nick Aldis will okay. be staying put. But what? like. <laughs> People were just like, I can't wait to see Nick Aldis in AEW, and it's just like we already have his character already in AEW. <laughs> he would be doing a disservice to himself if he went to AEW. Like he would just, yeah, because Cody well would be right there. Like it's just that didn't make any sense. But like NWO is not going anywhere, so you're running out of people unless you want to get one of these guys uh, that the WWE recently released. But at the same time. Cody said, like, this isn't, like, a safe haven for, you know, all these WWE-released talent. So it, you would be contradicting yourself. But then again, they are signing a lot of these guys if Impact yeah, doesn't do uh, it this, on, sun, on Saturday. Yeah, and we, we already saw that they had somebody that was a former uh, NXT or a former WWE employee show up on Dark this week. <laughs> the round. I mean, not, uh, not Dark, uh... In the match with uh, Brandy Rhodes in the alley. Okay, well that was a good uh, segue. Here's the round out AEW before we get into our new segment, Last Rights. Let's talk about real quick. Run down the women's division. You had the Nightmare Sisters, Alley and Brandy fighting a tag match. Brandy was really rusty, but she said on Twitter that she's four and up. So get ready for that. I've already told you. Get ready for that to happen. You know what I'm talking about. People have been alluding to uh, Brandy getting the books back. And honestly, um, I'm fine with it. Kenny, uh, Mr. Cleaner wasn't really doing nothing with it. So, um, I mean... We, 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 we've been talking about it for the past week, a uh, couple weeks now, how there's a lack in the women's division, and, you know, they're running low on women. Uh, by count, they are down 10 women, other than travel issues or injuries. That's a lot. <laughs> it's to the point where Hikaru Shida, like, they did a promo where they're like, are, are you ready for Nyla? And she's like, yes, but... She's basically doing an open challenge, so they're doing away oh. with the rankings because I think four out of the five in the in the rankings are not there. They she, they can't challenge for her. Just, so now they're doing a. So I mean, Abaddon won a. I guess she's hovering around. She could be that person. Uh, Ivalice, <laughs> like. I don't know, man. Like Tessa's out there. A E Dub, A E Dub. The be- the best women's division. I keep reading. They don't have anybody. Yeah, man. So how are you gonna even like? So, I think next week, Ivalice and Diamante are fighting each other. And it's funny because oh, I, like, I, I saw them whispering in the crowd. I thought they were gonna be a tag team. Or or there be or. Okay, I think you're right. Either be a tag team. I saw like the the poster for them, and it looked like uh, Molina and Katana. Like you know what I mean? Like, but they had yeah. the, the, the mask. Well, um, Diamante she she does the uh, she does the uh, the Florida cosplay wrestling, so that's most likely why she she's going to be doing the Mortal Kombat thing. Now there is a little beef. Between AEW and NXT concerning them and me and Yim. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see. Now we got a real Wednesday night war. <laughs> <laughs> the the women that wear masks in their entrance fight in this era where wearing a mask is, should be pretty, uh, is pretty common. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. 
All right, last point. We called it last week. Vicky Guerrero is Nyla's manager. I have no idea because the promo, she said, was basically saying that, like, Nyla is going to run through the women's division. Like, she's talking to her up as she's, like, a new wrestler. Nyla's the number Mm -hmm. one contender. (laughs) She she made it. she, She became the number one contender without a manager. She's but she wanted a manager, manager so she could so she, yeah without a, that too we, we said that last week but she said last week that she wanted a manager to re uh so she can be in the title contention again but then she was already in the title contention before she even announced vicky guerrero as her manager and then in this weird promo she was just like i'm not gonna tell you anything i'm gonna let them speak for themselves and i was just like that's a really way to introduce that uh also just like i think nyla rose is a like not a jericho level i guess but i think nyla rose is a good talker already and she doesn't need a manager but then you get one of the most annoying voices in wrestling to be your manager come on now that music, you don't need this that music is somebody that did that on memes that that is a meme uh that's the meme beat bro <laughs> when they take that when they take that uh that seven second vine clip and they just throw it in fruity loops that's exactly what that theme was that shit's asked like the video- but i doubt honestly we shouldn't be hearing it a lot we should be hearing not rose's music yes the vicky promo in retrospect looks even more harebrained because they literally talked to hikaru 30 minutes before and mentioned nyla top challenger for the title so it was just like oh okay uh i know i'm in line for this th- you know, to fight Hikaru. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm going to forget it. And you know what? Everybody in the back, that's not in the back, by the way, because we're missing 10 female wrestlers right now. I'm going to go through all mm-hmm. of them just to get to Hikaru. And I, I, just, I, I don't know. Who's booking this? <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, and still, well, we said it last week. Nyla Rose saying that you need a manager to like be in the title picture. It's silly because you're a former champion. Brian, uh, the people that have manager or like a lot, of, the only person that has a manager that is a champion is Cody. Sean Spears had a manager and he was nowhere ne- uh, near that title. <laughs> well, Brian I- Cage lost that night, so that may that that may have, you know it didn't happen last week, but it should have been weird. Red flag. I, I mean, it just we'll don't make no sense. <laughs> we'll just see what happens next week in AEW and what they do with their women's division. Get it together, guys. All right, so hey man, with Brandy in the books, bro. <laughs> Brandy's got the, Brandy's got the text. She's got the uh, she's the admin on the uh, the booking <laughs> text, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, just to round things out, we have a quick new segment called Last Rights. This week, we're going to do some quick things and quick predictions. But what we're going to do, uh, in the spirit of kind of like our community and everything like that, we're going to take some comments on the shows. Like So, so if you want to say something about N, uh, NXT that stands out to you or AEW stands out to you, uh, we'll put like a Google Doc out on the RNC account. You can fill them in, and then we'll read them on air every week, which should be hilarious. Yeah, I, I'm expecting a lot of AEW slander, <laughs> but if you could send us some positive things about NXT, I would love to read that. Yes. <laughs> and it, honestly, if you have something positive to say about AEW, I'm not going to come on here and, like, you know, make fun of you and no shit. But, like, <laughs> a, the A show has already got a lot of AEW hate. I would really like to see if we could get some AEW love, and I, I wanted to see where you're coming from. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, listen, like you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, re- real quick, uh, let's run down these things. Quick predictions on Extreme Rules horror show this horror week. Show. Like, what's okay. one big thing that you think is going to happen? Uh, so well. <laughs> Will Sasha Banks losing be a big thing? I, I mean, yeah, because I think it's going to lead to the turn. Okay. Uh, then I'll, I'll say that. 
or if anything, the swamp the swamp match between Braun and Bray will actually possibly be good. <laughs> that that's my wild prediction on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna go wild prediction. I think Bray wins the title back. Well, the swamp match is a non-title. Oh, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I Fresh. wouldn't have known that unless Justin told me that last night. <laughs> of course it's non-title. <sighs> okay. Uh, I'm going to also go with Sasha losing and then the dissolution between her and Bailey. You know what? I'm going to go the other way. I think we're going to go two-man power trip here. And I think Sasha wins the title. Yep. I'm going to go. Oh, we're gonna get insanity, brother. <laughs> I, I love insanity. Hey, listen, we're in quarantine right now. We're, we're practically crazy anyway, right? So I think that we're going to do, we're going to get a double title. We're going to get Sasha, Bailey, all the belts, and then they're going to lose them again. Next topic. Chris Jericho now calls himself the Demo God, and he came out with a new shirt that looks like a uh, evangelical pastor. Hey man, that, this demi, this demi, uh, demo gosh is corny, but it really plays to the AEW crowd, like the people that like watch being the elite and stuff like that. So like, we may think it's corny as hell, and you know, I sent it to a friend earlier, and she also thought it was corny as hell. But it's really gonna work for the AEW crowd, bro. Did they have those like somebody like ready? They're like, all right, we're going to say Demo God. Get mm-hmm. the shirt ready. Like, do they have, like, a graphic? Oh, absolutely. They have a graphic designer who's like, all right, go, 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 go. And then, like, they put it on pro I mean, this, tees. I mean, that, yeah. And then, like, the, sh- the shirt is so low, like, low effort. So, like, Duffy could have had that done two hours after he said that. You know, the Demo God thing. And, you know, social media was probably going crazy or whatever. And it was like, get the shirt, get the shirt, get the shirt. Um. <laughs> It's so it, like that whole segment was so corny, dude. Twenty four ninety nine of your hard earned dollars for that shirt, okay? That couldn't be me, brother. <laughs> not counting shipping. Maybe you have a free shipping code somewhere if you want to get the shirt. <laughs> not me. Last topic. So, as per Tokyo Tokyo uh, Tokyo Sports, Kari Sane will be returning to Japan. And this announcement is supposed to happen around SummerSlam. Now, she did say on Raw Talk that she wanted to challenge Asuka for the belt, which would completely invalidate my uh, prediction that I just said five minutes ago because that would be the program between her and Asuka going into SummerSlam. So what do you think about that? I know a lot of people are, a lot of people are just like, speaking up for Kyrie that she wants to go back home and be with her family. And then like, you know, she's going to go back to stardom, but I think WWE will give her an opportunity to go back to Japan. And like, I I read that they wanted her to really be an ambassador and stuff like that. So they're probably going to do a little bit of things with uh, Kyrie saying, like, I believe on raw talk, she said that she wanted to face Oscar in the ring. Uh, for the title match, so I think they might do that, and then Kyrie can like finally go back home once uh, if she could travel there. I know uh, the whole COVID uh, travel thing is a is another issue, but if she, I'm not I'm not going to read this as like malicious as most people like think it's going to be, or like you know she's not happy, so she's going to go back to Japan. I just think you know she's homesick. You know, I'd be really sad if she did leave. Yeah, I'm a big fan of. Uh, like you hinted at stardom, Carrie, when she was Carrie Hojo, uh, her and Eo mm-hmm. there. Uh, I think that, like you said, I think she is just homesick. Like, if we don't see she, her for uh, a while and she comes back, I would love to, you know, a big program with her and Asuka, like a big singles program. Mm-hmm. So people can see, you know, the Kari that we saw in NXT or even stardom. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, give her a chance to do that. And have a sign off there. I mean, as long as she's not getting her like head bashed in by Nia Jax, you know, we're always going to get a really good Kyrie Sane match. But also, she's recently married, so of course she wants to go back home and see, you know, spend time with them, possibly do her whole honeymoon and stuff and uh, the whole honeymoon thing. But you know, COVID just threw a wrench in everybody's plans. 
Throwing a wrench in a lot of romantic plans, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, Nia, oh, Nia Jax. Haven't seen her in a while. Haven't have not seen Nia. Hey Amen. I don't. I don't. I don't even be watching Raw like that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like she know. Uh, it's like she never came back. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week and every single Friday. As always, you could follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter. Instagram, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be back. Talk everything NXT, AEW, and whatever crazy stuff happens on, I guess, Slammiversary. Whoever's going to show up there, right? Um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to let you tell me or let Twitter tell me. I'm I'll not watching Slammiversary. I'll tell you. I'm, I don't know. Okay. Disclaimer. Don't think I'm going to watch it as a whole, but I will be uh, CDE wrestling. Tweet those. Oh, you things. already know. <laughs> Hook us up so we can just kind of get the uh, get the cliff notes there. So, <laughs> for yeah. myself and Cyrus, everybody, be safe, wear a mask, uh, stay socially distanced, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>